Yerp, this is Swens, aka Shades, and we want to thank you for always listening to our podcast. Speaking of podcasts, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Now, let me break it down for you. First, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. Shout out to our listeners who are over there in France, London, and all across the world. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to the show. Garden Parties Football Club, brought to you by Theodora. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Garden Parties. This is uh, our fifth edition of So. You're telling me it is story time <laughs> today. That I'm so excited. Is yeah. I'm so excited. We got a... Uh, Got a good one for you today. This is a little bit kind of like a So You're Telling Me Bola French crossover here. Um, and just before I get started, I realized as I was going through this, reading over it, um, before presenting it to you, I got a little lazy here. And so I used nicknames instead of full names. And that might confuse you, DiMaggio, and our listeners. Before we get going, already. Yeah, before we get going, when I say Uverdao, uh, I'm talking about Palmeiras, uh, Fogal, that's Botafogo, uh, Vascal, that's Vasco da Gama. If I'm talking about Ubaixinho, that is Romario. Abogado. Um, and if uh, there's any other ones that come up that you need clarification on as we get going here, just let me know. Ubaixinho. So without further ado, today we will be talking about U Animal. Just, just so I know before I start commenting on things, there's a lot of Brazil, Germany, things that happened in the past. I don't need to worry about commenting on any of you that, right? You don't need to worry about Nazis in this episode. <laughs> yes! We're home <laughs> safe, dude. We're home safe. That's half the battle. So we are talking about U Animal. Edmundo Alves de Souza Neto. He was born April 2nd, 1971. He grew up in Niteroi, about 20 miles from Ipanema, just across the Guanabara Bay from the Maracana. His father, a barber, and his mother, a house cleaner, struggled to make ends meet in the slums just outside of Rio de Janeiro on Rua de Teixeira de Freitas, the street they grew up on. Both of them worked long hours to provide for the family, and Edmundo and his brother Luizinho were often left for long periods without their parents. Like many other young Brazilians, they passed this time playing football on the beach and in the streets. <laughs> From an early age, it was clear that Edmundo was a gifted footballer. He was an exciting dribbler whose skill set was only rivaled by his cockiness and temper. His on so, like every Brazilian footballer. I was going to say Ronaldinho, but then I realized also... Neymar, Rubinho, even though questionable actions. 
That is not questionable. Uh, He's a rapist. That's a, yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, uh, form about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else? Romario, yeah. Ronaldo, Cafu. Yeah, all of them. Noticing oh, a oh, just gonna list, Yeah, I was gonna see how many you list. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna go, go down go down the line. Edison yeah. even. Edison, yeah. Yeah. Well, just look at his tattoos. Exactly. <laughs> his aunt Maria frequently took care of the boys while the parents worked, and she was one of the first to spot his talent. She would drive Edmundo into the city and go to to, to go to practice and watch his beloved Vasco da Gama. After beginning his career with a brief stint in the youth system at Vasco, he was invited for a trial at Botafogo at 15. Colgao coach Tinico immediately recognized he had a talented player on his hands and signed him up. Maria couldn't afford to keep bearing him to and fro so soon Edmundo was moving out to Nitoroi and into the youth accommodation at the club. How far away is it? Botafogo? Yeah. But it's, all, it's still in Rio de Janeiro. So you can just get the train? Why does he have to move there? Well, they don't live, like, neither isn't in Rio de Janeiro. It's in the state of Rio de Janeiro. It's not in the city of Rio de Janeiro. It's like 20 oh, yeah. miles. Off, it's off, like living like in Chester, Madge. Yeah. The other day, Madge asked me, was Chester in New Jersey? He thought Chester was in New Jersey. <laughs> it is in New Jersey, right? Nah, bro. Yeah, you cross a bridge, mate. It's still up, <laughs> He lasted at Botafogo until 1989 when he was expelled from the youth team for walking, walking naked through the grounds. <laughs> Again, like, like basically any Brazilian footballer. Mascal like, <laughs> <laughs> left at the chance to bring the player back and Edmundo quickly impressed in the reserves and found himself on the first team. He made his debut in 1992 and was a revelation in a 4-1 win over Sao Paulo in the Carioca State Championship, which they would go on to win. He combined well on the pitch with legend Bebeto and pitched in eight goals as Vasco finished third in the Brasileira round. He, but he began to frequently clash with his teammates. Again, like every Brazilian footballer. In 1992, Palmeiras had gone 16 years without silverware of any kind when they signed a lucrative sponsorship deal with Italian dairy giant Parlamat, or Parmalat. They set off to build one of the best Brazilian sides ever and hired coach Vanderlei Luxemburgo and signed Edmundo for a club record $2 million. Because of milk? Best name ever, yeah. Vanderlei Luxemburgo. Vanderlei Luxemburgo, yeah. Come on. They were, I mean, every, a lot of people drink milk, man. I don't know why you're so surprised that I'm a the magnet would have a lot of money. Milk brand, dog. Yeah. I just am surprised that an Italian milk brand is sponsoring a Brazil team in Brazil. I, I don't know. They sponsored Mad Football Club. They, yeah, and they, they do have lots of sponsors yeah. on their shirts, isn't it? So, yeah. I don't know. They also signed a little player named Roberto Carlos during this period. Oh, when he Not had good. hair too. Yeah. yeah. It's mad. Vascal was glad to get rid of the player, but he proved successful with Red Out. Guanimal, as he was dubbed by commentator Osmar Santos, immediately won, immediately won the Paulistao, that is the Sao Paulo State Championship, in 1993. Along with Cesar Sampaio, Rivaldo, and Roberto Carlos, he read Palmeiras to two, two straight Brasileira out titles, but as always, his temper was getting himself into trouble. During his time with Verdal, he received a lengthy suspension for pushing a referee in the face, 
He fought with his teammates, repeatedly fell out with Luxembourgo, received seven red cards in one season, and was detained by the Ecuadorian police after kicking a cameraman after missing a penalty. He was placed on house arrest and only returned home after intervention from the Brazilian government. Again, like every Brazilian footballer ever. Not at all like every Brazilian footballer. Like, uh, uh, how many times am I going to say that in this episode? I don't know. I hope not too many more, though. Uh, His worst on-field offense with Verdout came in a derby with Sao Paulo on October 30th, 1994. Like any other Shoke, the King's Clash, as, as it is known, it was a fiery encounter and Mundo found himself on the business end of a bad tackle. As play went on, he continued to argue with Sao Paulo coach Telly Santana before charging in on an opposition striker with a payback challenge. After being booked, Edmundo then punched Andre Luis and slapped Eugenio Paulista before a full-on brawl broke out. A total of six players were sent off before Edmundo was dragged into the tunnel by Antonio Carlos, the same teammate who he had punched in the face the previous year. He scored both goals on the day, but nobody really remembers that. Despite his success with Palmeiras, he was wearing out his welcome and eyeing a move back to Rio. In 1995, Flamengo was looking to build the attack of dreams. They signed Romario, who almost begged the hierarchy to bring in Edmundo as well. The two have been close since Edmundo's day in the academy at Bascao when Romario was the team star. He was like a big brother to me, Edmundo said of Ubaixinho, the only friend I've ever had in football. And he Nicolai. got me pissed drunk for free because he's Romario. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some of that going on. Uh, they combined well with Savio on the pitch, and off the pitch, they released an anti-violence song together titled Rap Juice Bad Boys. And you can find that on YouTube. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> one second. Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're allowed 30 seconds of any song. Yo, we need, this is why we need video, so we can do a reaction video. <laughs> I don't know if there's a music video, but you can't, there's the audio. Bro, what? Yo, this is definitely some like I've been up all night drinking and I've got this Casio. Do you guys do you guys want to make a yo, fucking rap song? I'm also Romario. Romario. Like, yo, I know a guy that, the has, presets, that, has yeah. a, that has a recording studio and he's up right now. Yeah, it's four o'clock yeah. in the morning before a match. Why not? Yeah. Fuck it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. That just it sounds like the presets of the Casio. It's just got the, yeah, the hi hat. The hi-hat beat going, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> man, Brazil never ceases to amaze me, man. It's a magical it's place. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing country. It's the yeah. best <laughs> song ever. Yeah. Raptors Bad Boy. The Raptors Bad Boy, yeah. And it's an anti-violence song? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just what? <laughs> Should it be Good Boys? <laughs> you have to listen to the song, man, and find out. Oh my god. He's now a fucking politician. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and he's still, still saying up and getting pissed drunk till five in the morning with his shirt off. 
Yeah. <laughs> Doing tick pats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Uh, well, while Savio Romario and Edmundo might sound like a dream combination on paper, the team completely neglected to reinforce on the defensive end and failed to achieve anything of note. This brief experiment could be summed up by an incident from the 1995 Supercopa Libertadores against Vélez Sarsfield. After slapping opponent Flavio Sandona, Edmundo was knocked out, sparking one of the biggest on-pitch brawls in South American football history. His off-the-field <laughs> issues continued, and his career at Flamengo came to an abrupt end during Carnival in 1995. Of fucking course it did. Of course it did. Of course it did. After re- re- releasing Rap Those Bad Boys, an anti-violence song. song. <laughs> he gets in a massive brawl and then goes Carnival. Fucking yeah. amazing. On December 2nd, Edmundo, after having been seen drinking and partying at a nightclub, lost control of his Jeep while speeding and careened into another car and then a telephone pole, killing the other driver and his two passengers. Edmundo oh, was just like Marcos Alonso. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Interesting. Uh, who, yeah, he did kill a woman. Um, Mundo was charged with involuntary manslaughter and was facing jail time when Flamengo tore up his contract. He, would, he was offered a glimpse of hope from Corinthians, who signed him just 45 days after the fatal incident, but he walked out on the club without making a single appearance. Vascal president Urico Murillo, who was eager, so eager to get rid of him just a few years earlier, now brought back Uanimal for his third stint at the club. We're oh, followed they with- just can't quit him. They just can't quit him. It's like a toxic relationship. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's like Davide and Ekansu. Yeah, it's just like Davide and Ekansu. <laughs> Ekansu. <laughs> what followed was the form of his life. He scored 38 goals in 44 games for Vascal, including breaking the Brasilia scoring record in 1997 with 29 goals in 28 games. He was called what? into the nineteen, yeah. He was called into the nineteen ninety seven Copa America winning Salasau, and some were even calling for him to start over Ronaldo Phenomeno at France ninety eight. His blistering form during this period at Vascal also earned, was enough to earn him a uh, move overseas. After the nineteen ninety seven Brasileira season ended, Edmundo moved to Fiorentina, where things began well. Described by Fiorentina president Vittorio Gori as a player of crystalline class and a lion-like temper, he combined well with Luis Oliveira, Gabriel Batistuta, and Rui Costa, scoring nine goals in the second half of the season. Mario Zagallo tried to resist the urge to keep him out of the France 98 squad because of his disruptive nature, but a last-minute change of heart saw him selected for the tournament. Edmundo spent the whole tournament complaining about lack of playing time, even calling into a Rio radio station to voice his grievances publicly. Fucking hell, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. that sitting amazing. in France, calling up long distance <laughs> Rio radio station to be just like a this motherfucker's not playing. <laughs> just yeah, a just bitch just on the radio. <laughs> that's big Joey Barton vibes. That's huge Joey Barton vibes. Fucking love it. In one of the stranger moments of in World Cup history, Phenomeno suffered a seizure before the final in Paris, which is something that I had completely forgotten about. Yeah, and then they lost because Nike made him play. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, 
Edmundo was in line to start, but Ronaldo recovered in time amidst accusations of conspiracy. Edmundo only made two substitute appearances in the tournament, including the final. Two years later, a congressional hearing was launched into in Brazil into why they lost the final, which I love, by the way. Yeah, like that's fucking great. <laughs> like, like they did, the they call. went to like the highest level of government and had a, a hearing about why Brazil lost the World Cup final. Um, Edmundo testified that Roberto Carlos had stormed into his room in the middle of the night to announce that something was not right with Ronaldo. And when they entered the room, Cesar Senpao was administering first aid. The hearing failed to blame any of the suspected culprits, including Nike, some French doctors, and the team's medical staff. An anonymous, <laughs> an anonymous source, however, told Lance, a uh, daily sports paper in Brazil, that the team doctor had inadvertently injected a routine anesthetic into a vein, and then Ronaldo covered for him. Years later, Edmundo recounted that it was actually he who saved Ronaldo's life, and therefore that Ronaldo owes him his career. When he entered the room at 3 a.m. and Roberto Carlos was sitting in bed next to him, watching TV with headphones on, completely unaware of what was happening. So. <laughs> yeah, believe in the versions you like there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in these two versions of events as well they're like so so vastly different yeah you just sat there chilling yeah it's going into their room at three o'clock in the morning like for what (laughs) you seen the (laughs) camchasa um my bottle's empty have you got any more presidente in here Yes, I'm still awake. Despite a strong start, the second season with Fiorentina didn't go as well. Giovanni Trapattoni was brought in to lead the team for the 1998-99 season, and while Edmundo continued to occasionally clash with his teammates, he was playing well enough that people were starting to hail Trap as the manager who finally tamed Animal. Obviously, this didn't last. Something tells me something to that was during a match against Roma, in mid-October, Fiorentina were leading 1-0 when Trapp decided to take Edmundo off for a defender. He had reacted oh. angrily and stormed down the tunnel after exchanging expletives with the manager. Relations continued to sour, but Edmundo still made valuable contributions until February. At this point, Laviola had been top of the table for 20 out of the first 21 weeks of the season and were seeking their first Scudetto in 30 years when Batigol, Gabriel Batistuta, suffered a serious knee injury. Most assumed Edmundo would take up the mantle and lead the line in his absence, but he had other ideas. Edmundo had somehow inserted a clause in his contract allowing him to travel back to Brazil for Carnival at any time. And on the same night, they were due to play. Yes. He was at at the airport telling reporters, I'm going to Rio and I don't know if I'm coming back. (laughs) Yes. Is this, this is Joey Ba and Neymar mix? This is great. (laughs) It was called by one journalist the most selfish act I've seen in 40 years. Quote, he was the right man if anyone wanted to have fun, but to win something was not right. He left the goal, he left the team without having any physical problem, only but only to go party, said Gabriel Batistuta. The player posed for pictures at a celebrity footballing match on Ipanema Beach as Fiorentina dropped points to Udinese. And by the time he came back, the club were in trouble. With no other option. 
Trap called Edmundo back into the squad after reading him the riot act, but the player underwhelmed in his subsequent performances. Fiorentina continued to draw points and eventually finished third, 14 points off Lazio in second, and barely qualifying for the Champions League. Following this capitulation, it was decided by all parties that it would be best if for the Brazilian to return home, and Edmundo was on his way back to... Vasca. Yeah. <laughs> For his fourth stint. They love him. He's right <laughs> there. They it's, can't it's a recoupling. It's a recoupling. <laughs> <laughs> but before he even got underway for his fourth stint, he was courting controversy again. Shortly after leaving Italy, he came under fire from animal rights groups for animal abuse. For his son's first birthday, he hired a circus complete with all sorts of animals, including elephants and a chimpanzee named Pedrino. Edmundo was shown on news cameras giving whiskey and beer. <laughs> In a recent episode of his podcast, Edmundo says... All right, Pete given... Dust. All right, Pete Dust. In a recent episode of his podcast, Edmundo says he was given the chimp by the circus owner upon entering the house. He was carrying the chimp in one arm and a drink in another as Pedrino was making a face at him, kind of like a ba- like a hungry baby. Um, he's a thirsty trimp give him a beer yeah, what could possibly way, go wrong the way Edmundo does the face too is hilarious I sent you the link Nej. you'll have to put the video up on the Instagram From uh, it's from that uh, Vasco da Gama um, historical pictures yeah because Edmundo has, he's, he's like a mad, he's mad animated as well yeah yeah he's so funny when he's talking about it yeah <laughs> But the face he makes talking about the the chimp is like, so he asked the owner if it was okay, and the owner said it was okay, so he gave him the drink. Um, while under pressure for this instance, he I also up. say if you own a chimp, nine times out of ten, you're going to say it's okay to give that chimp alcohol. Yeah, yeah. That's just, if you own a chimp, you're, you're already cool enough yeah. to be... Just asking a circus owner, like, if you can do circus shit, like, of course... Yeah, of course you're going to do circus <laughs> shit, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I, you guys are like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely okay to give chimps alcohol. Meanwhile, chimps rip. No, I'm not saying it's okay. Like, I'm hey. just saying, just I'm saying just if saying. you're giving, if you have a chimp, you're, you're 100% somebody who going to give alcohol. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, if, if you're I not a zookeeper chimp, and you own a chimpanzee, a chimp, you're, not you're giving that chimp alcohol. You know. I mean, the, the animal probably just knows where, where it's stashed anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Chimps love beer. We've seen we've seen the goalkeeper chimp. He's got a little beer in his hand, you know. Everybody knows that. While under pressure for this incident, he was also sentenced to four years in prison for manslaughter, but only served one day after multiple appeals. The rest was served in a wait. Semi- how do you get four years down to a day? The rest was served in a semi-open prison, so Edmundo could keep playing, <laughs> like most Brazilian footballers. <laughs> Wait, pardon? Wait, wait. I, co- I couldn't really get clear, like, issues on, like, on his sentencing. I found some, like, um, current at the time news articles about it. But from what I gathered, he was sentenced. He was giving, like, somewhat of a suspended sentence. It's kind of on probation. He had to, like, check in every once in a while. But otherwise was, continu- like, able to, like, continue playing. Wow. And the reason why he had been able to play for this long after the incident is because it was just appeal after appeal after appeal, pretty much. Just like 
Ronaldinho. Wow. With the fake passports, having a football tournament. Wow. Yeah. It's so I love South America, man. Yeah. <laughs> football generally. At Vasco, he was given the armband and in his first season led the team to third place. But then Romario was sacked by Flamengo after going out clubbing after a defeat to lowly Juventude. And Wait, Vasco, Romario went out clubbing? No way, yeah. dude. No. Vasco took the opportunity to bring him back. Edmundo marched into the president's office and demanded to be sold. Now, you might be thinking, wait, didn't you just say earlier that they were close friends? So I will have to rewind a little bit back to 1998 and the story of their falling out. After Edmundo went to France 1998, instead of Romario, Ubaixinho opened a football-themed bar in Rio called Café du Gol. On the door of the men's room, he placed a caricature of Edmundo sitting on the deflated ball. Quote, I called, at, I called him to ask for an explanation. He didn't convince me. For this reason, I decided to finish my friendship with him. Edmundo Wait, said. because what? He placed was... a caricature of Edmundo sitting on a deflated ball on the door of the men's room in his football-themed bar that he opened while Edmundo was at the World Cup. So, I, I, why is he mad about that? I'm confused, man. It's a very small thing that apparently blew up into a very big thing. Because that's why he decided to finish his friendship with him. That's his only friend. And he said, fuck you, because you put a caricature of me sitting on a ball on a toilet. You guys can play a caricature of me sitting on a ball on any toilet, mate. I will still be your friend. I mean, I think it's like, I think it's one of those, one of those lost in translation things. Yeah. Oh, because he's saying you shit at football because it's a toilet? Uh, I don't know, man. Both players were massively talented and highly rated in Brazil, but were also very egotistical and, and constantly fought through a very willing press who happily fanned the flames. There were rivals on the pitch, in the dressing room, and even in the nightclubs, with Edmundo saying in one interview, we arrived at the club, there's me in one corner and him in the other. I was prettier, I had the chat, so we started to clash. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's fire. I, lo- I just love these guys, these men in the club just like, like on some belly shit. <laughs> oh god, it's so sick. Just staring at each other yeah, across just the like, room. Just, just wild wave music going down, like just their whole little like little entourages. It's just like all all of us when we get rich and just like hate each other from across <laughs> the room. That oh, movie. oh god. Fuck that guy. Look at his jacket. What, is, what kind of jacket is that? Stupid. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse ass tennis shoes. Did you did you, did you know he put a picture of me on a toilet? Fucking ridiculous. Yo, you, you know this guy has Birkenstocks? Who wears Birkenstocks? It's ridiculous. In an effort to quell Edmundo's anger, President Miranda told him that Romano would only be there for the duration of the Club World Cup. Initially, the two played well together, managing to leave their off-the-field issues off the field, and they dismantled Manchester United in one of the more memorable Club World Cup matches of all time, if they, you can even have memorable Club World Cup. I think this is the uh, only memorable Club World Cup match. Mickey Mouse tournament. Yeah. <laughs> the two ran riot on the United defense and made the likes of Gary Neville and company look like amateurs. Nicky Butt scored what was merely a consolation as Romario scored two and Edmundo finished it off with a stunning effort. After receiving the ball with his back to goal, he flicked it around Mikhail Sylvester's right side before spinning around the left and poking the ball past Mark Boston. 
after beating so, so United were playing a B team. Because Silvestra and Mark Bosnich suggested me B team. Well, I mean, they were also playing Gary Neville and Nicky Butt, and Mikel Sylvester did, you know, win multiple yeah. Premier Leagues and multiple France caps. After beating South Melbourne and Nikasha from Mexico, they advanced to the final against Corinthians, which went to penalties. Edmundo missed the fifth and decisive penalty wide in what he called the worst moment of his career. After the I don't know, like killing somebody would be pretty high up. I think this. he's. Ta- I think but he's like, talking about his playing career, Dimaggio. Oh, okay. Entire life. That's why he didn't say life. He said career. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, I'll let that one go. <laughs> he got a little bit of credit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. cool amount of credit. I thought he said okay, okay. I'll let that one go. <laughs> After the tournament, the president went back on his promise and not only extended Romario's stay, but also gave him the armband. This was announced before a match against Palmeiras, and Edmundo stormed out of the stadium, initially refusing to return, saying, it's as if I were a journalist who, after three days sick leave, returned to the firm as an office boy. It's a very interesting metaphor. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I don't know about that one. I don't know much enough about journalism. Yeah. I think maybe because he was talking to a journalist, he was trying to like make it uh, relatable. But yeah, it's an interesting, interesting way to describe the uh, situation. The club refused to sell him, and Edmundo was forced back out on the pitch. The two continued to clash, coming to a head during a uh, Carioca State uh, State Championship match against uh, Bangu. With the game level at nil nil, Vasco won a penalty, and Edmundo stepped up as the designated taker. Romario pulled rank and took the ball from Edmundo, only to smash it into the crossbar. While walking Ooh. up, the pitch, Edmundo was asked if he should have taken the penalty. No, he said. I was training to take them. It's the king's little prince who decides. I, Ooh, I should spicy. also say that uh, Ubay Shinio means like shorty or like the shorty. You know, like Romario is only like five, 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 six, yeah. and I mean, Edmundo is not big either. He's only like five nine, but still, yeah. So I think he's just kind of like playing on him being short, this little prince. Yeah. <laughs> a few weeks later, Romario took an opportunity to have a dig back after squ- scoring twice to overtake Edmundo in the scoring charts. He said, "Now this whole court is happy: the king, the prince, and the fool." Oh, yeah. burn. Ooh. Burn. <laughs> burn. Ice burn. Things went from bad to worse, and he was first loaned out to Santos before moving back to Italy with Napoli in 2001. He was injured during his debut, which kept him sidelined for a period. The club were relegated, and he was voted as the worst foreign player in Serie A that season. He returned to Brazil for a short stint with Cruzeiro before going to Japan. He played for Tokyo Verde from uh, 2001 to 2002, scoring 18 goals in 31 games before joining Urawa, Urawa Red Diamonds and leaving without making a single appearance. Around this, this time, time in but, Japan, like I feel like the Japanese culture and this guy's culture kind of not, they don't not, yeah. really the same, you know? <laughs> I mean, I didn't find too much about it. That's probably why he left so quickly after this. <laughs> Around this time, his brother Luis Zinho was tragically found murdered in the back of his car in Rio. 
By the time the body was discovered, it was already in an advanced state of decomposition, and Edmundo was too distraught to attend the funeral. He returned to Brazil once again with Romario at... Vasca! <laughs> and then Fluminese wait, wait, before... Is this, wait, is this fifth time? Is that the is fifth this, time? Fifth, I think it's the fifth time, yeah. Um, oh, my God. They really just fucking can't <laughs> stop, can they? Jesus. He can't either, man. He loved, he like truly does like love that club. Um, Thank you. Then moved to you Fluminense. Think after, like, you think after like the last time when he like stormed out, though, that might be like, <laughs> yo, know, I don't He then helped Figurenzi avoid relegation. From 2006 to 2007, he was once again an important player for Palmeiras, also helping them avoid relegation. But the return of old nemesis coach Vanderlei Luxemburgo set up another reunion at Vanderlei Vasco, Vasco. <laughs> where Romario was now player coach. So this is his sixth time back. Has Romario been at, at Vasco every time he's come back? He's been there, I think. Yeah, I think he was there every time. Bro, he was there. You know what this is? This is every Tuesday at football. When yeah. I come and Madden's like, you are shit. I hate you. You suck. And then <laughs> we have a beer together. <laughs> and then you come back like, the next week. Yeah, and then I come back yeah. the next week. Like, that's basically uh, what their is. relationship is. Like, they really, I bet they really rate each other, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, I, I don't rate you at all, so. Bro, I'm coming uh, to the <laughs> barbecue this weekend, probably. Like, what are you talking about? Sure. Uh, he, when he returned to Vasco, they had just finished 10th, far off their rivals. Um, and Romario stated, Edmundo will be really useful at Vasco. If he wants to help, he will be welcome. The season, however, ended in disaster as the club were relegated for the first time ever to Serie B. Edmundo announced his retirement in May 2008. In his post-playing career, Edmundo became a football pundit. He served as a commentator for many tournaments, including the 2010 World Cup and Euro 2012. And he also hosted a podcast called Mundo Ed. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's fire. That's really, I love that. Really yeah. Let's get across on the show, Yeah, I watched 15 minutes of just a day in his life on YouTube. It wasn't really that exciting, but I was just like sitting there watching it for some reason. Probably because like probably because it's like on state sponsored television or something, so he yeah. can't show himself like getting on the on the absolute wave. He's probably a really fun guy. We should hang out. There's just awesome. a, there's just a monkey in the background holding a beer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just that casually, like. just just like going about his life. There's just a monkey on the couch chilling, holding a pint. <laughs> He continues to give great interviews, including one in which he said Ronaldo wasn't better than me, and one in which he claimed that Real Madrid offered him an eight-year contract. Going going back to that day in the life of, do you remember when Ronaldinho like put his Airbnb, put his like mansion on Airbnb, and one of the terms of the thing was don't look at the history in the computer. <laughs> the history of his mansion. No, the history of like on his computer in the mansion. <laughs> He said, don't look at search history. <laughs> that was one of the terms of the Airbnb. Just 
clear your cookies, man. Like, clear the <laughs> <laughs> not to do Just that turn shit. the thing off. Put a password <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny, man. Oh, that's ridiculous. In uh, 2011, Jones ruled that the statute of limitations for his remaining manslaughter charges had expired. He was free, but admitted that he was eternally repentant. The accident was the most significant in a long list of incidents that loomed over the forward. In 2012... Apart from missing that penalty, though, that was yeah. really the worst. All right. <laughs> In 2012, he was given a testimonial by Vasco against uh, Barcelona SC from Ecuador. They won 9-1 with Edmundo scoring twice. And also, I think Juninho uh, Pernambucano played in that game as well. A young Juninho. Was, was uh, this... Wait, also, they're called Barcelona, but they're from Uruguay? Is there a Barcelona in Uruguay? Ecuador. Ecuador. In Ecuador. No, they just used the... Bars the view of... Ever ever seen their badge is literally the exact same as Barcelona badge. Yeah. So, copy and paste. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't know anything about that. I got him. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Naj looks around nervously. <laughs> After his testimonial match, he expressed his regret for not staying at Vascal for his entire career. Edmundo finished his career with 177 league goals and changed clubs 17 times. He also racked up 10 goals for the Salisau. He sits fourth in all-time goals in the Brasileirão and 11th all-time He changed clubs seven times, but only played for like five clubs because he kept going back to Vascal. 17 times. Yeah, but you just One kept seven. going back to Vascal, so you just like, yeah. just, just played for five clubs. <laughs> True. He's 11th uh, all-time in scoring for them. Guanimo was an incredibly gifted footballer, blessed with creativity, technical ability, and pace, but this was constantly overshadowed by his poor attitude, turbulent personality, and sometimes violent tendencies. He is a certified legend of Vasco da Gama and U Brasileirão, but still a somewhat forgotten icon of the 90s. My sources for this include The Crazy Story of Edmundo at Fiorentina, Crystalline Class, and Carnage by Jack Beresford. In, for Planet Football, Edmundo and Romario, brilliant strike partners who hated each other by Joshua Law, also on Planet Football, Edmundo U Animal by Christopher Weir on these football times, Edmundo plagued by his own bravado by Jordan Florit on Football Pundit Feed, Bad Boys Back in Tandem as the Animal Returns to Vasco by Conrad Leach in The Guardian, and Edmundo gets jail sentence from March 99 in the Irish Times. So that's yeah, Edmundo. That, and there's like a also, also a lot of stuff that he talks about that I didn't really get too much into. But And I think, you know, when you read about some of these players, especially, I mean, you talk about Romario, probably one of the best players in the world during the 90s, um, spent a huge part of his prime years playing in Brazil. And it wasn't like, I feel like not really until yeah there were a lot of players that went and played abroad but still mostly a lot of these really talented players stayed in Brazil for long periods of their career which you just don't really see anymore mm. um and like I feel like it, even with his temper and everything like that Edmundo would have found a way in like even in the aughts or like you know the teens would have found a way to like have a career an extended career in Europe 
yeah i don't know i thought he was i thought it was a very interesting story a little not too lighthearted because obviously people still fucking died in this one um i feel like somebody, somebody dies in like every one of these episodes people yeah, die. i mean it's not it, it, but it's, yeah it's like he's an interesting character obviously i don't think he ever really had any sort of support system at any point in his life and growing up in the slums and everything like that, growing up in a situation that led to his brother, who obviously wasn't as talented as him, getting murdered in the back. Yeah, like, what? you know, if he wasn't that talented, that probably could have been him, you know. And yeah. I'm not saying he was an angel or anything like that, but you think about like giving a person like that, like the equivalent of millions of dollars today at like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, no, and then giving him no support system in the early 1990s in brazil like of course like some of this shit was gonna happen but i mean yeah. and he, and he really like, was like an incredibly incredibly talented player like i don't know like he could have if he had his shit together he really could have been like a truly like special special player he was i mean he is considering you know his accolades in brazil but yeah I mean, he's not as well known as he could have been. It's interesting to think, you know, like with some of these cases, like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like a Mario Balotelli type. It was like just bags and bags of talent, but can't get out of their own way. Yeah. You watch like some of the, you watch like that goal against Manchester United in the Club World Cup. You watch like any of his fucking highlights. The dude is just insane. Like so quick, so technical, tight, like clinical finisher. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was a real bad boy. I think it's one of those cases of like, yeah, he's from the hood and like people who don't like necessarily get out of their surroundings and find a considerable amount of success at home to boot. You know, he Vasco's basically in his backyard. Yeah. And was his his boyhood team too. So like um, you know, all the talent in the world doesn't mean that like you can you'll necessarily feel at home somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see, you definitely see it. That, that's definitely the Mario Balotelli mentality, the approach. And also, going back to Carnival, like every Brazilian footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, I can see, I from what I know of Fiorentina, I can see fucking off from Fiorentina to be like, nah, actually, I'm going to go to Carnival. Yeah. I don't fuck with Florence. I mean, I know I know a couple of things just off the top. Like Batigol's there. He's Argentine. He's yeah. the man there. Fiorentina is historically a little bit like right leaning anyway. I got Someone, mugged there. I'll, I got the I'll shit say, beat out of me. Yeah, I'll say there. that. Someone didn't do their due diligence, I feel like. Yeah. It's like it's like didn't they also sign Socrates at one point who who claimed so, that yeah. he didn't go to he didn't go to uh he didn't go to he Italy. went there to read Gramsci in yeah. the original text. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't go there to play football. He went there to read socialist Italian socialist Marxist literature in its original language. Head yeah. city. That is yeah. the sickest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I, I definitely gotta do one on him for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. Beautiful stories, beautiful tales. Yeah. Shall we finish us off with some shout-outs, man? Do you want to? Yeah, shout-out to Davide. Uh, shout-out to Luca. 
Shout out to Demi. Uh, shout out to my beautiful girlfriend, my mother, and my cat. And shout out to Ronaldinho. Shout out to my mom, my family, Rachel, um, these two guys, particularly Madge, who's going to break something with this football in his hand, I can tell. Um, it's a foot volleyball, like in Brazil. That's why I got it. Oh, nice. Well done. Well done. Is it lighter or something? It's like bouncy and waterproof. Sick. Oh, cool. Um, shout out to Manchester City legend Ali Benarbia. Um, also Manchester City legend um, Mark Vivian Poe. Uh, anniversary of his passing. Uh, yeah, shout out to Nick, especially for uh, thank you, Nick, being us um, amused with story time. Also, Edmundo's just a sick person to have picked, too, because, yeah, like you said, just preternaturally talented and was a wrong in kind of Nick. Who are your shout outs to? Shout out to my mom, my brother, and Hatem Ben Arfa. Shout out to Edmundo, Guanimal. Shout out to Ubaixinho. Shout out to the South Cell, um, celebrating 20 years since winning in Korea, Japan. Um, shout out to Icarus, P's and Q's, Spread Salam, Diodora, Bluebirds, Distilling, Jamesy down at the Black Sheep. Shout out to Doug and Shinga Athletics. Shout out to you two. Shout out to T, Swens, Ian. Shout out to me. Don't talk. Big shout out to you. Yeah. Shout out to Mario Balotelli, the only Italian to win the Premier League. Not true. Federico Makeda. We've gone over this. This is a big garden party. He's coming play football with us at 321 mm-hmm. North Ave every Tuesday. Follow us on Instagram at GPFC Pod, on Twitter at Garden Parties FC. Alternatively, just go to our website, Garden Parties FC, and click on the little link. Peace. Long sleeve service. <laughs>